Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the show, the big show, the largest show that is taped or recorded in our car. Yes, that's right. We're on the road again. This time we're heading home from an event. We wanted to um, clear our throats. <clears throat> yeah, there. That felt good. Oddly at, enough, there was... That wasn't the podcast? No food at this event. There was no food at this event. This was a outdoor event that had no food at all. You could have brought your own. It would have been fine. We did not. And so I was... You know, I'm a little hungry, but we're going to wait till we get home. We're not that far from home. We could have stopped in a, in a town, and we thought about, hey, you know, we could have uh, we could have some food. We could stop by and uh, pick up some some hot dogs at, at the uh, the gas station there. They've always got hot dogs there on the spinning thing. You know, they get the the greasy uh, spinny things where the you know they got the sheen of. She's trying not to puke over here. <laughs> yeah, because I don't know. That food always and. Gas stores, gas station hot dogs are kind of two separate categories in my mind. <laughs> Gotta admit. Yeah, they got, the, they got the buns and the warmer. Of course, they've been in there since, you know, 1994. <laughs> so they're hard as a rock. So you got that. We could have had that. We could have had some, some of the prepackaged tuna sandwich stuff. It's a little off color, but it's probably not too bad. You know, it's probably not too bad. Uh, well... He's trying to gross me out here, but you know... She's going to win. I am inured. She's going to win, because I know what the subject of this podcast is. <laughs> she's she's going to gross me out and probably going to gross you out. Sorry about this in advance, but we got to talk... She's got a, she's got a bug to talk about. I've got bugs, and I've got worms, and I've got toxins, and I've even got brain-eating prions. Bacteriums? Yeah. Oh. I was putting those in the general category of bugs, using the colloquial term. Okay. For germs. So what are we going to talk about today? Parasites. Parasites. And why is that important for a prepper to know about? Because you really don't want to infest yourself with a bunch of them when you're eating outside of your usual food sources and outside of your usual cooking methods. And you would be outside of your usual food sources eating stuff like lake-caught fish if you don't normally catch fish in a lake and then prepare it you would be outside of your normal food prep if you're having to cook over an open fire or not even even worse not be able to cook at all you know what can what is safe to eat raw what is not so vegetables are pretty safe to eat raw but you need still need to wash them yeah if you've scrubbed scrubbed them off especially the leafy ones uh Truth be told, though, most vegetables are pretty safe. Where you run into problems is on where they have used manure fertilizer that has not been composted. And that is mostly a uh, commercial vegetable plot thing. It's mostly not a home garden thing. Yeah, because we would never do that. Um, Even around here where there's a whole bunch of... um, Trying to think of the socially appropriate word. Manure. Going on gardens. You collect it. You throw it in a pile for a year. The microbe, it gets really hot in there. The microbes die. It's composted. You throw it on your garden. It's all good. Now, see, what a lot of the commercial, this is an important thing. A lot of the commercial stuff for foodstuffs that come uh, onto into the grocery store are not from the United States. They're, they're grown in South America. 
And I don't know about you, but I don't particularly trust South American agriculture laws to protect me. The biggest health problems from there are the agricultural workers using somewhere between Corn Row 35 and Corn Row 36 as their bathroom. Because they're That's not provided. Uh, why, oddly enough, it is. So if they get it, you can get it. Yep. So it's kind of important to wash your produce? Yeah. Okay. Another yeah. thing a lot of people don't realize is the meat they buy in the grocery store and the fish they buy in the grocery store has both been at least spot inspected, meaning the inspectors are going to inspect some lots, some shipments, not every lot, not every shipment. But it's so expensive to get caught not treating the food right that there is a strong motivation to protect the safety of the food supply. It's There's still a whole lot of people getting food poisoning in the U.S., but that's with some level of inspection. That's with they uh, often rinse meat in things like bleach solutions or uh, UV irradiate vegetables and stuff to um, kill the germs on it. So there's a lot of pre-cleaning of the food that comes through the grocery store that you may not think about if times get hard and you find somebody whose cows died and they've cut it up and they're offering you some steak or you shot something, what do you do with it? The thing is, you got a variety of different kinds of microbes to worry about. First is live germs like bacteria. And those are the kind of things you get from, okay, the cow had some traces of fecal material on the cow's skin. You butcher the thing. The knife spread stuff around a little bit. You got some microbes on there. Or there was salmonella in the chicken area, so now there's salmonella on the chicken surface. And when you cut the raw chicken, you get salmonella around. That's bacteria. And that's common. That's very common. But it cooks. That's why cooked meat is the recommended usual approach. Because it does a really nice job with things that are live microbes like bacteria. And how hot does the meat have to get to kill the bacteria? Um, doing this one off off the cuff... I know, it's I, usually considered to be I, medium well where you lose the pink. I think it's 140. Yeah, I usually Fahrenheit. try to cook like fish to 160. I like 160. I, I'm, I am actually the cook in the family. I know that blows a lot of people's minds, but I'm the cook in the family. And I actually like to get fish, or, or we don't really eat much meat, but um, I like to get we fish. Did. We got a 240 yeah. at least. Yeah. At least 140, and I like 160. Now, that will fully cook all the way through beef. But, uh, you know, a lot of people like it, you know, turn it over once, and uh, once well, it when just, it quits when it quits it's good. it's good, yeah. You yeah. like that. Like, yeah. yeah. I don't know about that, you know? There is uh, one aspect of that, that if it's microbial contamination, it's most likely to be on the surface. Yes. So if the surface is cooked and the inside is pink, I'm still not eating it because I took a parasitology class, and that will scar you for life when it comes to eating overcooked, undercooked meat. <laughs> but 
a lot of people eat it, and it's fine. And it's probably because most of the microbes were on the surface to start with, and that part got hot enough to kill them. What about tartar? Tartar, you better trust the animal it came from and the working habits of the people who butchered the animal and uh, prepared the meal. Tartar means raw. Yeah. If you chop it up really, really fine, it's still raw, guys. That's what tartar is. Yeah. They're eating raw meat. And I I just can't imagine wanting to do that. But It's also the nutrients are not as bioavailable to humans if it's uncooked. I know it's one of the... Uh, Trendy, foodie things these days is to eat things like raw steaks. Yes. But from a biological standpoint, can't really recommend that. So when you're, when you're in a, any kind of situation, whether it's a normal or survival situation, you're just going to have to figure out a way to get that food cooked. Or you're going to be... And if put- you can't, you know you're risking. Right. Yeah. And by cooking, cooking can also be, you know, you talk about making jerky... That counts. That counts as cooking. It's not really cooking. Making jerky can have an additional problem of you slice it fine, and if you're air drying it, and it's not really in the smoke of the fire or something, yeah, you can have flies and stuff land on it. And yeah, you flies can get are maggots bad. In the meat. Flies are. Oh, the digression. Here it comes. <laughs> I saw the most ridiculous thing today. We were, oh, I thought it was a joke. I honestly did. She knows what I'm talking about. I still think it's perhaps I, a very elaborate. I think maybe it must be because I just cannot imagine this being a real thing. Um, there's a, a salt gun that you use to kill insects. It's a numer- uh, an air-powered gun. Bug, with bug a, assault. Bug assault. Design, it's, a, it's a salt shotgun where salt is the buckshot. Table salt. And you're supposed to shoot it at flies that are trying to land on your food and things. For two, that are two to three inches away. Oh, not or two to three away, inches sorry. away. Two to three feet away, sorry. Yeah. Yeah, look it up. It's, it's apparently a real thing. They're actually selling them for about 50 bucks, guys. Yeah, it's like, whoa. It looks, like, it looks they, for all the world like a squirt gun. Oh, look, you don't have squished bug because you didn't hit it with a fly swatter. No, you have pieces that shot off the fly, coated the salt particles, and then the salt particles shot into your food. Yeah, so you've so got a jello salad that's full of salt and tiny little bits of fly parts. Yum! Yum, yum! <laughs> yeah, so don't, you know, of course, cover your food and keep flies away from it if you possibly can, because flies are disgusting. Yeah, flies and, are and if you have to dry meat over a fire... Keep it smoky enough to keep the flies away from it. Right, because fi- flies are bad. Flies are worse on your food than you, most people think they are. Mostly because they sit on things like poop in the woods, and then they come and land on your food, and they are a great way to transfer lots of microbes. That's a real danger of flies. The so you can have beautifully cooked but food, not. but you can let the filthy little beasties on your food, and then yeah. it doesn't matter because you're getting it from the flies. Yeah. The maggots are just disgusting. They're not really a health hazard. The... Uh, Health hazard comes from the microbes they carry with them. But they are disgusting. Yeah. So we have the germs first. And cooking gets rid of the germs. And then there are the worms. Tapeworms are uh, common in fish. There's a lot of species like trichinosis. Round, uh, it's a kind of roundworm. Lives in meat. And part of its life cycle is to live in meat. And it forms little cysts in the meat. And its plan is that eventually something is going to eat the critter that the meat is part of, 
and then it will break out in the digestive tract, burrow its way through the wall of the gut, start reproducing itself, spread cysts all throughout the muscle of the new host, and hope that host gets itself eaten later. Sometimes there are a variety of other intermediate hosts or things like that. Details vary. But uh, when you are cutting up wild game, or looking at meat you're considering buying from somebody else from an unregulated source, take a look for it and look for cysts in the meat. It's easy in fish, because you can see. It's like, well, they look like cysts. They look like little round or oval things. Sometimes you can even see the little baby worms curled up inside of them. I've seen them cleaning wild fish. Um, uh, pigs are bad about carrying trichinosis. Especially wild hogs. Especially wild hogs. But if you stop feeding the things anti-worm medications because they've gotten hard to get, they would be quite happy to infest uh, domesticated pigs as well. Yes. So that's why cooking pork has always been such a big thing, is because they're a lot more prone to trichinosis and than unf- other domestic species. Unfortunately for us, uh, pork is a very, or, uh, the hog muscle and stuff like that is very similar to ours. Yeah. So <laughs> we're actually pretty susceptible. We, we make to a it. perfectly nice host for pig trichinosis. parasites. Yeah. So, and if you get those in your muscle, your muscles are basically going to hurt forever. If you don't get quick medical treat diagnosis and medical treatment, because once the cysts get in there, the medications don't even get rid of them. Last I heard, that's just horrible. Yeah, you don't want to be that person. No, so absolutely cooked pork. There are other meats I would eat raw a lot sooner than I would eat pork or fish. Right now, or bear. Bear is actually really bad about carrying trichinosis. Yes. For those of you who. You must really go mountain man bear if you kill a bear and try to eat it. You must really, 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 really cook it. I actually met somebody who was rather full of testosterone on one particular camping trip. He shot himself bear and he ate some of that thing raw. And did he feel like a real mountain man? And now he hurts every day because he can't get rid of it. Because so it was diagnosed that. for a long time. Don't do that. Now, so, now one thing to keep in mind too: if you are in a survival situation and you're in the the far north, I mean, way up there, and you're in the situation where you it's you are a polar bear and you shoot the polar bear, do not eat its liver. Okay, that's just a hint. It's got too much vitamin A in it for you. It Seriously. It'll be toxic to you. It'll kill you. Actually, tiny little doses of it are probably good for you because that's where it keeps its vitamin A, and you can get some vitamin A by eating it. But if you have liver for but, di- for supper? Only, yeah, if you eat a whole meal of the stuff, you can actually to- get toxic with vitamin A. So, just a hint. You, you Not wouldn't be the I first think. person to poison yourself with polar bear liver. Yeah. And they are bears, so trichinosis could also be a thing, too. I haven't... Looked into polar bear trichinosis situation. Yeah, I don't really, we're not, it's not a big thing here in the central part of the United States. My head is full of biological trivia, but that one's a little trivial even for me. <laughs> so, there's that, just thought I'd throw that out there. And then there's uh, some other animals that you really don't want to eat their livers, like I believe sea lions or seals? Uh, 
Might have been seals. Seals. Yeah, one of those. I think you don't want to eat their liver. Not that it's a huge thing in Missouri. There's not a whole lot of harbor seals here. The trick is, if it's a vitamin A problem, it's probably a really, really reddish-orange color. More orangey than normal liver, I would imagine, just because of the color the vitamin A compound is. So, yeah. Now, you, you'll you be all right, though, if you stick to things like deer, because there couldn't be anything in really like deer. Deer, like, people eat deer all the time, right? Because prions are not a thing, right? Oh, wait. Wait a minute. Isn't there prions? Isn't that like, that little car that has the battery <laughs> in it that, that you drive around and, and it's it, like silent that in town and it's a hybrid gets 50 miles a gallon or something? Infest campus parking lot, uh, faculty parking oh, lots? Oh, yeah. All over, all over the campus parking lots. Every time you want to go so you know to uh to uh the natural health food store you'll go there there's like 85 of those prions there right no that's that's the uh, mess you get when a prius which is the car ah uh-huh. has a, a collision with a scion which is a car then you get a prion oh or you can get prions which are proteins that they're misfolded proteins you start with a genetic flaw, a protein gets folded wrong. And the way it gets folded wrong happens to make other proteins of the same sort fold wrong when you make them too. Because when you make proteins, you string a bunch of uh, subunits together, and then you fold them like origami to make the working shape. If you fold it wrong, you can get a prion. And then every other protein of that type they come in contact with as it's being made gets misfolded too, and you end up Actually, it causes an encephalopathy that causes your brain to look like it's full of Swiss cheese. You lose a whole bunch of brain matter. You start staggering around, get stupid, get clumsy, start drooling. Um, you look get like dementia. those mad cows that they used to have on TV. Mad cow is a prion disease. The um, deer can carry a prion disease, uh, we have, chronic wasting. Yeah, we have chronic wasting in our area. It's not as prevalent as some places, but we do have chronic. We are in a chronic wasting uh, area where they monitor it. Uh, it's, a, it's an issue because <clears throat> the local conservation department has taken measures to you know, try to cut down on the transmission of the disease. Uh, for example, in our part of the state of Missouri... You're not allowed to bait deer anymore, and by baiting, you're never. We were never allowed to hunt over bait. That was always. But they illegal. used to let you put out salt blocks the rest of the year to get the deer used to come into a particular place. Take that, them out two weeks before. That was season. fine. You, were, you could feed them for for up to the last two weeks of the season, and that was fine. But now you can't do any of that because they don't want the deer's all licking the same spots. It's they transmit it by spit, and deer are actually social creatures. They groom each other. Yeah. By licking each other, and they transmit it that way. Especially when they're in high concentration, like in captive places, which have the, been the big hot spots for spreading it. Or where they, they gather around feeders. Yeah. Because they know that they're going to be there, so you have a whole bunch of deer around the feeders. Yeah, years ago. Well, the first year we had the place, first month we had the place, we put out a mineral block. Just out of curiosity. And we came back. A week later to see if anybody will have licked at our mineral block and it was gone. It was like a ravening horde of deer had descended upon our mineral block and obliterated it. There were, you know, the ground around it was just pounded with dozens and dozens and dozens of tracks. To be clear, that was before they passed the regulation. 
That was before we had chronic wasting in our area. So It was the year before we ever found any. So, yeah, here's the thing about prions. There are two main things about prions, actually. One is cooking doesn't help. You can't get the food hot enough to get rid of it. And anything chemical that's strong enough to unfold the protein and make it not be infective anymore is going to ruin the food. So the only solution with prions that's actually safe is to never eat them. The flip side of that is they live in nerve tissue. Uh, They don't live at all. They're proteins. But you find them in nerve tissue. So if all you're eating is straight up meat and that meat is completely uncontaminated with central nervous system tissue from the brain or spinal cord, I'm not saying it's impossible to get a prion disease from eating straight-up meat, but I'm saying I've never heard of a case of it happening. It tends to happen when people cut through the spinal cord or use the same knife that they use to open the brain case to cut the meat. It's when they contaminate the meat with the central nervous system material that they get prions on it. And the mad cow outbreak in England, because they were just butchering haphazardly if you look at some of the cuts of beef you can see they cut used to cut through the vertebral column to get some cuts of beef they don't do that anymore and they were just chopping things up fairly haphazardly and they'd throw the material from a few hundred cows in the grinder at a time and they spread around a lot of prions that way before they figured out they had a problem so prions don't cook but if you keep the brain and spinal cord intact don't cut through them, you drastically reduce your chances of getting those guys. I've got a whole thing on chronic wasting disease, a whole blog post on it if you want to look it up. Right. So it's safe to eat sushi, right? I, I've read it, I've read that it's safe to eat sushi if it's prepared correctly. And, you know, sushi chefs really kind of have to know what they're doing. They really actually need to know exactly what they're doing to make raw fish safe. I was raised for at least a, a large part of my childhood in Japan. Military brat. I'm not actually Japanese. I'm was my father was uh, I was raised on Air Force bases, and so I saw a lot of raw fish in my day. I mean, a lot of raw fish and a lot of undercooked fish and a lot of fish that, frankly, the heads were left on and they stared back at you and it was like, eh, not so much. Sushi's safe, right? You can't get this stuff from sushi. Except the fact that it's got both tapeworms and other kinds of worms, potentially. That's why you both inspect the meat beforehand and cook it. That's the same basic rules as trichinosis. So you're not eating sushi? The parasitology class cured me of raw fish forever. Especially after that same year I was doing some research on fish. And I was catching local fish from our local ponds and stuff and finding worm uh, cysts in the meat. Now, I know full well if I fully cooked that fish, those would be harmless. But just not interested in eating any meat that I can see the cysts in, even knowing that it's technically knowing that it's safe. So, yeah, uh, even... uh, Salmon can carry tapeworms. It doesn't happen often, but there are a few cases of uh, 
people in America who got tapeworms from North Atlantic salmon, wild salmon, or actually it was Alaskan pink salmon. You can also get it some from Atlantic salmon, but the, the recent report I just read was from uh, pink Alaskan salmon that was uh, made into sushi, not cooked. Guy got a 40-foot tapeworm or something out of it. So what about canned food, like canned fish, like tuna fish? Can I get it from that? Cooking is part of the canning process, unless it was done badly by somebody who didn't know what they were doing. But a commercial canner knows what they're doing. Yeah. The only risk with cooked food, if it doesn't have prions in it, there's one more thing you got to watch out for, and that's botulism. Or potentially other microbes that they produce toxins... Like the botulism is a microbe. Uh, suppose it's living in the food. It's uh, making some toxins in the food. It's a totally potent toxin. I was handling some of this uh, one day doing a chemical inventory. Held up a little vial that was no bigger than the tip of my pinky finger. Realized I could kill my whole town with the amount in that container. Put it back very carefully. Marked it off on my inventory. Moved on. Very potent toxin. Here's the thing. You cook the, uh, got botulism in the food. You cook the food. Botulism all dies. Yay! The toxin's not gone. Still in there. So you have to not let the microbes grow in the food before you cook the food either. And that's one of the reasons that cooking food that has gone off started to rot, basically. Is it safe? Because the toxins can already be in there. I'm a historian, and one of the things I realize is some of the stuff that people used to eat back in the time of the Civil War, you know, the meat had kind of gone off, but they cooked it and ate it anyway because it's what they had. And I just have to keep reminding myself that more, many more people were killed by in the camps by disease than were killed by the other side's bullets. It's amazing how much Civil War history books you can listen to, and they almost never mention that far more people died of disease. And a lot of people that didn't die of disease were rendered combat ineffective and had to go home because they just couldn't march and keep up because they were too sick. Dysentery, uh, all kinds of, just really, much of it was from poor hygiene. And, and some of it was from bad food. For bad, yeah, bad food. Especially on the southern side for the bad food. You know, when they can't find enough to eat, that mule that got shot in a battle three days ago is going to start looking better and better. So, yeah, there they are. So, uh, ha- happy. So, you're going to go to the grocery store tonight? <laughs> pick up some, Pick up some meat and cook it? Um, have fun. <laughs> glad to have glad to have helped your appetite there. But here's the deal: yeah, if the meat kidding. is pretty freshly killed and it's cooked, that makes most of the things safe. Right. Especially if it's butchered in a way that doesn't expose it to a lot of the neural material in the brain or spinal cord. And the commercial commercial meat packers don't do that. In America. If you are forced to eat raw, frankly, I think it's kind of low probability. But if it happens, 
the last thing I would eat would be the liver. Yes, it's highly nutritious, but there are so many parasites that love liver. And I know there's an old hunting thing. There's an old hunting thing where you just eat the eat the liver raw. It's a hunting thing. Don't do that. It's it can potentially kill you. I would absolutely not do that because liver flukes are a thing, and you don't do not want them. Right. I've I've looked at their life cycle, and I don't want that going on inside of me. I don't want it going on inside of you either. You'd have to be a pretty awful jerk for me to want that for you. Okay. Well, there we have it. So now we'll go home and have dinner, right? Yeah. I'm thinking beans. Pancakes for me. (laughs) All right. We'll talk to you later. Bye-bye.